I was going to say good afternoon. I'm not sure what it is, but good afternoon and evening. Welcome to Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. And I'm Shannon. And this is our 100th episode. So in honor of our 100th episode, I'm wearing a dress. Yes. I told you I would. Yes. And and that's, uh, it's actually. I know that sounds like it's not a big deal, but it's a huge deal for Jane. She's not a dress wearer normally. So. No, I, I really like my blue jeans. and But it's kind of, I guess you could say, kind of uh, appropriate because our topic today is men and women. Not mm-hmm. that women need to wear a dress, obviously, because I rarely do. But it's... Dresses kind of signify women in our cu- current culture, mm-hmm. what we call a dress does. And, um, uh, yeah. So, so we, we, what we want to do is address this concept of, um, gender identity and some of those things and look at it through a biblical lens. Um, and we want to do this with, with love in our hearts, with peace. We don't, we're not judging anyone in this. We are simply talking about what the Bible says. Right. And culturally right now, it is trendy. It is, um, I guess you want to use the word woke. It is fashionable for people to have all sorts of identity uh, issues related to sex. Mm-hmm. And... That, first of all, I think it's a shame that people have to find their identity in something like that. Yeah. That they focus on that. Right. They focus on that. They want to be identified by sexual activity. sexual preferences. Yeah. And that that's weird. I mean, that's that's a strange thing, and I'm afraid it's a sad um, narrative on our society that that has become. What life is so supposed important. to be about? So important yeah. to people. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand that. So I would say even thinking of our marriage, mm. obviously the physical relationship is part of our marriage and sometimes it's a glorious part, but I, that is not what makes our marriage strong. I mean, it will enhance the strength and help us uh, grow closer, but I, I think, and it's a wonderful part of our relationship. But if that had to go away for medical reasons, for some reason, we would still have a lovely, wonderful marriage. Right. And so I know that it is just sexual activity is not supposed to be an identity. It's just supposed to be an activity. And God does have parameters on where it's best for us for that to take place. And those are all for our own benefit. It's not because he's trying to be mean, but when we now people say we can change our gender, that is confusing an issue that shouldn't even be an issue. Mm. Right. It should, it shouldn't even be an issue that we bring up. It's, it shouldn't be something that we, why do we focus on that as our identity? You know, it's, it's, it is common in society for us to uh, find something to focus our identity. Yes. Uh, you. What do you do? Right. Who are you? Well, I work as a, I, you know, a lot of times we identified by profession um, or I'm someone's husband or I'm someone's wife or I'm someone's father or mother or daughter or children. Mm-hmm. You say, yeah, which one are you? Well, I, I'm so-and-so's son. Mm-hmm. What, 
be a way that you could identify yourself that people would recognize you because they because in context they know your parents. Can I say one thing? Yes. If you're listening to this and you've listened to our other stuff, we're trying a new microphone today. Oh, yeah. Hopefully this helps with the, the noise With levels. the noise level. If it doesn't, well, if you hear an improvement, let us know. But, yeah, there's a lot of different ways that we use identity by definition. People like to think it's self-identification. But that's not true if you make it such a such an outward thing mm -hmm. that it, I, it, it defines everything about you. Mm-hmm. So if I'm trying to share with someone who I am and it's someone who I'm related to or someone who knows who I'm related to, identifying as being Sheila's son because Sheila is my mother and they know my mom, then that is an identity so they could understand who I am. Right. But it doesn't define me at all. Right. It just gives them a, a reference point. If we go to this... Uh, if I'm I'm an American citizen, I'm an American. I identify as an American. Okay, that means I'm from a country that that tells someone else where what country I'm from. Correct. That's it. It doesn't tell me tell them I don't have anything outside of that that's in that message there. Um, but when we start going to using uh, sexual preference as an identity. Mm -hmm. And then try and force that into being a gender. That's the problem. Because yes. gender, there really are only two biological genders. There's only two things biologically that we can identify as. And that are that is male and female. So if, I, if, if we look biblically, um, in Genesis 5-2... Mm -hmm. uh, it says, he created them male and female and blessed them. He named them mankind when they were created. Um, so this concept of he created us male or female. Now we can say we're not. Right, but you still I can tell, tell the world I'm a toaster. I'm not a toaster. Right. Biologically, I am a male. And I, period. And male look, human, not looking, a toaster. Look, yeah, I'm glad you're not, not a toaster. Not a male toaster. You'd be a very big toaster. I'm afraid so. <laughs> what kind of bread would we put in you? Whole loaf at a time. <laughs> okay. So if we really want to know what men and women are supposed to be like, we need to go to the one who created them, yeah. which is God. Mm -hmm. So if you want, and by, I don't know how many gender identities they now have. I mean, I think they keep adding them and they get weirder and weirder as they go. And all this does is, especially if someone is really trying to find their identity because they're so insecure and trying to find something to hold on to, this doesn't help them. This makes it more complicated. And especially in regard to children, they need to be able to be boys or girls. They can be tomboys as girls. They can be, I don't know what you call uh, tom boy tom girl I don't, know. I don't know but a girl a boy who prefers traditional girl things like dolls and stuff there's nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that at all it, um it's only when we start trying to force that into being their actual identity and how wrong what that you is. like what you prefer what you enjoy um as far as things are they traditionally male masculine or traditionally feminine 
Um, those kind of things uh, are outside of this identity issue. And those are actually the traditional, Especially with children. Right. And traditionally, we're just saying actually in our culture, it's tradition. You know, so like dolls or that's or trucks. There's tons of little girls who love trucks. Tons sure. of big girls who love trucks. Yeah, and girls who are, who are really like sports and are into the boys' sports. Yeah, they well, don't want to play softball. They want to play baseball. You know, they want to play football. Nothing wrong with that, and it doesn't mean that that girl is really a hidden boy. No, she just enjoys that sport. If there's a boy that that likes things that are traditionally in our culture feminine. That doesn't mean he's a girl. That just means that he's interested in something at that point in time. Right. And we should, they should have that freedom. And all of this comes from, in some, in, to some extent, I think all of this comes from the fact that we identify things as being, this is masculine, this yeah, is feminine. Yeah, we don't need to do that. Uh, and a lot of different things. You know, a man sews, that's feminine. Well, not really. Most tailors were always males. And like flowers. God make flowers. They're not feminine. Women tend to love flowers. Well, that's tradition. Sure. All of those things. Yes. You know, uh, in, in society, it might be considered a, a woman's job to do the cooking, and yet chefs are oftentimes male. So what difference does any of that make? The problem, I think, comes about when we start taking those individual likes and dislikes and making that something more than it is. Yes. And when we were talking about uh, the current issue situations with transgender and stuff, people say, well, I'm non-binary. Binary means two. Binary means two. That means we'd all Male be or female. That's it. You are male or female. When you are born on your birth certificate, it will say male or female. Although some places are trying to say non-binary on their birth certificates to their children, which, I mean, come on, let's be real. Um, biologically, we can define male and female. Biologically, that cannot be a question. Chromosomes, right down the line, everything male or female. So that is biologically who you are. Mm -hmm. Now, mentally, emotionally, intellectually, um, if somebody says that I like this or I, I think about this or I process this way or, okay, that doesn't change your biological identification. Correct. And also, I think maybe we touched on this before, but for me to say I'm really a man inside is how would I even know? Because my whole experience is through this female body. I don't know what a man feels like. And I have no idea what a woman feels like as far as, uh, the differences between us that can be identified. Yeah. There are some things that are not different. I have skin. She has skin. I have bodily functions. She has bodily functions. And with the exception of reproductive organs, they're pretty much the same. Right. And that's where men and women are equal. And they're equal in God's eyes. Yes. Men and women are equal in God's eyes and always have been. And if anyone has tried to put males above females as being more important or more special or anything else, that's a construct of humanity, not a construct of God. God created them male and female. He created them in his own image, male and female. God created us the way we are meant to be, and he did not put one above the other. And for me, to do my very best for Jesus, to be who I need to be, I need to be a woman. I need to embrace my womanhood 
And that doesn't mean I have to be overly feminine or be all into pink. I just have to be me. And by being Jane Hendricks, I am being the woman God made me be. Right. And and by you being Shannon Hendricks, you're being the man. And I think that's where things can go off the rails a lot for people that are not understanding God's intention for us mm-hmm. to be the best person God created. If I create, if I if I go out into my workshop and I create something, if I were to create a knife, I make a beautiful hunting knife and it's 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 perfect for exactly what it's meant to do. The knife can't say, I wanted to be a pair of pliers. So I'm going to go out and try and be a pair of pliers. It's still a knife. It doesn't change the, mm-hmm. it doesn't change the creation. Mm-hmm. The creator designs the creation. The creation then lives up to its design. And that's what we're intended to do. And that's where our, our real fulfillment comes. Right. And also. And, and it, a lot of times what I'm seeing from people that are all confused about gender issues and all those kind of things, they're just really, really depressed and they're unhappy with themselves. Mm-hmm. They're unhappy in their own skin, literally. They want to be something else. And you can't really do that. No matter how much you try, even if you had surgery, if I was, if I decided to have gender reassignment surgery, that's just an exterior thing. That's not an interior. It doesn't change the chromosomes in my body. And it certainly doesn't change what I was created to be. And sadly, it just mutilates your body because if, if your whole identity is in your sexual preference, you will never ever be fulfilled sexually with. No, it, 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 it mutilates bodies. And I know society will lift up like Bruce Jenner, who became, was it Catherine? No, Caitlyn Jenner. Mm -hmm. And, I don't know how he, she feels, but they've got lots of money behind them. And they have all this people telling them how wonderful they are. The average person is not going to have that experience, or at least this experience we see in media, right. you know? Th- and Bruce Jenner's situation, um, I think really brought a lot of this to the forefront mm-hmm. because uh, he was a famous athlete. He was on all the Wheaties boxes when oh, I was yeah. a kid because yeah. of the Olympics and all those things. He was on the Kardashians. He was married to the Kardashians' mom and all that kind of stuff going on. Um, and when it happened, I think where a lot of things where we went off line was he, he was awarded Woman of the Year. Yeah. Um, what's that saying about how we think about real women? Right. If, if a fake woman is the woman of the year, what's that? Why are we, why are we discounting and devaluing women so much that a man can claim to be one and it's okay. Right. And we try and draw an equality there. There is no equality. Yes. God loves us equally, but I am not a woman. If I put on a dress or even if I had surgery, my wife is a woman. And as a woman, I need to honor her for what God created her to be instead of, saying it doesn't matter, you can make yourself into something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think women are losing on this in this cultural war on this stuff more than anything else. We see it in the sports world mm-hmm. where we had a transgender swimmer go out and break a bunch of records and beat everybody. Well, he he had his gender reassignment stuff done when he was in his twenties and was already a competitive male swimmer. 
Yeah. Well, physically, males and females are built different and have different uh, muscle generating uh, ability in their body. And they are men's upper body strength is going to be larger than a woman's upper body strength. And this particular uh, person is tall, has that V-shaped torso of a male swimmer, uh, physically looks like a man. Mm-hmm. And that physical look of a man also equates to a an advantage when it comes to being in the water and swimming. And it's that these women athletes who train so hard, and they are very likely exceptional as women swimmers, then you have a, a somebody with a man body coming to say she's a woman, and it just it destroys. I mean, these women. I mean, there there are certain sports where I mean, all sports are are uh, professional sports are gender assigned. So there's male sports and female sports. Mm-hmm. So there'll be a male soccer team and a female soccer team, and um, a female soccer team would not like it if they had to compete against male soccer teams all the time. No, because there are certain advantages, uh, athletic advantages in the the male body, um, but. And God did God did that for a reason. I mean, and society recognized that we have Title IX in in NCAA sports, and Title IX simply says that for every male sport, you have to have an equal, um, a, a, an equal amount of female sports. So male sports and, and and female sports there has to be an equal amount, simply because for the longest time, because of male dominance in sports, women were not given the opportunity to compete in anything because right. the money that was generated comes from the male sport. So that's what title nine was about the money. So they said, you have to spend an equal amount of money on the women's sports. So you have to have something equal. Well, if we erase that, then we're taking away um, a very feminist view from the seventies. Title nine was a feminist thing where women said, it's not fair that we don't have our own sports. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden, if we're mixing genders around, why bother to care about whether or not a woman has a sport at all? Because you can just have a bunch of you could change trans and, and, women. Yeah, um, and this particular individual that was competing as a trans woman was not competitive in as the males. Male. In the males, he was not good enough to be first. But as a female, he's always yeah. got the ability to be first. So so. Isn't that diminishing the value of the female athlete? Yes. And is that not diminishing the value of a woman? And that is so unfair. And there's well, no woman out there that's going to quote transition into a male man and then be competitive in a male sport. No, it doesn't. It won't it work, work that other that way. way. And what I'd like to do is look at a few scriptures now. Right. But I also. I I do want to say that this, they are now, they, I should say, the media, the kind of stories they put out, they are all for gender reassignment surgery for minors. Mm -hmm. And this is just an attack on children. Oh, that's very disturbing. It's an attack on children because they're going to mutilate their bodies and then they won't be able to ever get back what they had. You can't reverse... You might be able to take away some of the stuff they added, but you'll never be complete physically 
again. And, you know, obviously when God created man and woman uh, separately, um, reproduction was the purpose. Mm -hmm. He created a man separate from a woman in two different ways. They come together. They become one flesh. Children are born. That's how that works. Um, and the sad part is when they're, when we're dealing with children is children don't have a true identity uh, or a, a, a sense of who they are yet. No. That takes years. You may not have that until you're in your late 20s, your 30s. I mean, how many, how many teenagers do we know that go to college with no idea what they want to do with their life? And it takes years for them to figure out what they really want to do. You ask an 18-year-old that just graduated from high school, they might kind of have an idea what they want, mm -hmm. but how often does that change? Mm -hmm. Often. It goes one way or another and all sorts of things happen. So there's a fluidity naturally in the human, in, in, as a human, in identifying who you truly are in yourself as far as um, what, your, what your convictions are, what your brain's doing, all those kind of things. And if we can't take an 18-year-old and say, make a permanent decision on what you're going to do for the rest of your life, and they can't figure it out, how can we take a teenager or a preteen and say, make a decision right now that we're going to do surgery and that'll be the end of it? Well, it's not, it, it can't be done. Because so much is so fluid. Like you said, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? What are your likes and dislikes? Sure. Our, our two-year-old grandson is super into dinosaurs right now. I will make a prediction here that he probably won't be when he's A paleontologist? 12. Probably not. No. He'll but, probably find something else that takes his attention and is, is a curiosity something he likes. So we have to, children have to have something that's concrete that they can't change. I'm always going to be a female or I'm always going to be a boy, a, a girl, a boy. I mean, there's something at least they can hold on to. They can at least say, this is who I am. At least you can start there. Well, and, and when we, with the breakdown in the nuclear family and all the other things going on in the world, that, that as the world, as a fallen world, as it spins out of control here, when we break down the nuclear family and we don't have a mom and a dad in the house, when we don't have two parents in the house, the kids don't have, Examples of two good parents in the house doing what good parents should be doing and fulfilling the roles that they have. Yeah, things can be a little confused. You're not sure about what goes on or how this does or anything. You're not seeing an example of it. If we look at a household that parents are talking about all this fluid gender stuff and all this kind of stuff, the kids have no idea either. Mm -hmm. they, they don't. And like you said, not having at least one anchor mm -hmm. is really damaging. Yeah. And it's a challenge for all the other children around them too. Right. When you have a child that wants to go to a different bathroom mm -hmm. than what their biological gender is, that confuses everybody. Right. It confuses everyone that kids don't understand. And when they don't understand those things, it's going to be, it, it's, we're creating a hardship on kids that we shouldn't have. Right. Leave them alone. Leave the kids alone. Yes, leave them alone. When they the become adults and they want to, and they want to wander into whatever path they want to wander in, first of all, leave the kids alone. Yeah. So here's my first scripture I'm going to share. First Corinthians sixteen thirteen. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. And mm -hmm. when I saw that, and that's for everybody. This is not just a man verse, but it says act like men. And when I hear that, I think of. Like uh, this verse is talking 
about being strong like a warrior. Mm-hmm. And everybody can be a warrior. But that was, uh, actually, I don't even know what that comes. This is, is it talking about spiritual warfare? First Corinthians 16. Uh, here it is. Okay. And then after that, it says in verse 14, let all that you do be done in love. So we're not talking about some macho thing. That's not what it's about. But we're talking about just how to live your life. So sometimes we need to, we need those examples. And Proverbs 14.1, the wisest of women builds her house, but folly with her own hands tears it down. And I thought of that because often the woman of the house kind of uh, creates the atmosphere of the house. Mm-hmm. You know, they say, if mom's not happy, nobody's happy. <laughs> That's true. And so, uh, and then another verse about women. And I, it's first Peter three, four, part of it says a gentle and quiet spirit, spirit, which is precious, which in God's sight is very precious. Mm. And it was talking about the, the women of old, like Sarah, um, who had a gentle and quiet spirit. And that's where true beauty is. And you know, when you are around someone that has that gentle and quiet spirit, just full of peace, mm-hmm. that is the most beautiful thing in the world. And that's what God's calling women to be gentle and quiet in spirit. That means inside. That doesn't mean you have to be quiet on the outside because otherwise I'd be doomed. So yeah, trust me. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. No, so there's no quiet. This there. has nothing to do with your personality. Some people have loud personalities. Some have quiet, but that peace within. Yeah. And that again, when we started plasticizing everything, making plastic versions of what a woman should be. Mm-hmm. We started with dolls like Barbie doll with, mm-hmm. an, with an impossible figure and build. And then we started trying to make Barbie dolls through plastic surgery and things like that. Everything suddenly became, became surface oriented. Yes. What it looks like on the outside. Mm-hmm. And beauty is an inside. It's not skin deep. It's under the skin. Mm-hmm. When the skin is all you look at, well, then it could be a photograph for it. It's, it's not reality again. Your heart is where your beauty is. And whether it's a woman or a man, the beauty of a human being is in their heart and their relationship with God. And it will shine through the skin. Yes. And it'll make everything on the outside look beautiful too. Yeah. Yeah. And then let's see. Here's another verse. This is First Peter 3, 8. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. And that's what we're supposed to have as women or men. And there were verses, I can't find it in my old Bible, I would have found it. Maybe you can look it up, where it says, treat older women as mothers, treat younger women as sisters, treat older men as fathers, treat younger men as brothers or sons and daughters. We're supposed to have these, our bonds with each other are supposed to be like family bonds. And so, but these days, what we see in media and stuff, it's like, how it is, is that people look at everybody else as a sexual conquest. Is mm-hmm. she, you know, mm-hmm. or he or whatever. And mm-hmm. we're not supposed to be that way with people. We're not objects, but that's really what it is when you are judging people by their looks, or if you want to be with them, 
you're looking at them as an object to fulfill your own needs. And really, um, by identifying that way, you're also objectifying yourself. If you're just totally identifying with sexual preferences and it's so diminishing to humanity. Mm -hmm. So not what God had intended. And no, and I, and I think that that is the intention of, um, a lot of people within the, this movement that is intentionally diminishing humanity, male and female roles. Mm -hmm. And it's not important and it doesn't count. Um, well, we, we know, and statistically, I've I put this in a sermon before, the difference between um, the life outcomes for children raised in a two-parent household to a one-parent household, um, the differences between um, children that have positive male role models, positive female role models. Um, it always is better for the children in the end when they have both. Yeah. And especially if they have both, if they have good role models on both sides, it's much easier for them. Um, I'm going to read something here out of Romans 1. Okay. And I think this is kind of where our society is going, if it's not where it is already. Mm -hmm. And I think um, when Christ returns and the world is done and judgment is found, we will see these things for what they are. Paul talks about this already in Romans 1 when he wrote this 2,000 years ago. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. So again, God's will is is easy to understand if you just look at what he created and the way he created it. Okay. Starting at 21 then, it says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Mm -hmm. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. And then I'm going to drop down to 26 here. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, men also abandoned natural relations with women, were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other women, received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Basically what's happening, they're saying, and I'll go backwards now to 25, it says they exchanged the truth about God for a lie mm -hmm. and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator. Who is forever praised in them. So when we deny our biological bodies, we are denying God. Yeah. We're denying that, that the creation has any worth in and of itself. Yes. And that's the sad part. Yeah. That's what breaks my heart about all this is that God values his creation. Mm -hmm. He values his creation, not just because he created it, but because of what he created. And he values that creation for its, for eternity. Not just for your life on earth, but he also values you in, in heaven afterwards. So the concept is that God values you as you are, yes. the way you are. Mm -hmm. And if you decide that you don't value yourself the way you are, what are you saying about the creator? That he didn't do a good job? Mm -hmm. That he was wrong? That he made a mistake? Mm -hmm. That's God doesn't do those things. 
And God loves you exactly the way he created you. Now, that doesn't mean that if you go out and do something silly and and or ill-advised and have some sort of surgery done that God doesn't love you. God still loves you. God will always love you. But God loved you the way he created you, and that's what he wanted for you and from you. God wants us to live the life that he lays out for us. You know, I do want to speak to somebody, and I don't know if this person will be listening, mm-hmm. and I don't know this person. But if there is someone out there who has had a gender reassignment surgery, and they're not happy, mm-hmm. I would say don't worry about it. Just learn to identify yourself as a child of God and seek God and accept Christ into your life and just say, I want to be a child of God. And all that sexual identity will fall away. And 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 I don't know the path God will lead you on, but first identify as a child of God. And he can sort out any mess we've made of our lives. Right. You know? Um, and that that is... That's the saddest part of this is because in dismissing who they are created to be, in dismissing um, what God's intention was in their life and saying, I want to be something different. You don't have to go through these radical transformations. And I think that the vast majority of people that are thinking this direction and going that way are just desperately trying to be loved. Yes. They're seeking love. And what they're doing societally, culturally, is they're forcing us to accept. That's not love. Forced acceptance is not love. You can, you know, we went through this in the civil rights movement. Forced integration did not mean equality for a very long time until people got used to it. Yeah. And so forcing something on someone does not mean that you are loved. Even if you are tolerated, that doesn't mean you are loved. But what's being missed in all of this is that God loves you the way you are. It doesn't matter if you're short, tall, bald, fat, pale, dark, blonde, brown-eyed, blue-eyed, gray-haired, white-haired, young, old. It doesn't matter. God loves you exactly as you are because God created you. You were created by God because he loved you. And you were created in the image of God the way you were made. Mm-hmm. You don't need to change that. No. All God wants from you is for you to love yourself enough to love him. Mm-hmm. And when you love him and accept his love, you will find all the things that are missing. And you know what? If you can't, I, I understand those people who can't love themselves the way they are because they have bought into lies from society, maybe from other people, or even from their own flesh, start with Jesus and let him love you. And you will learn to love the person he made you to be. And it's not that, it's not this self-love. It's a kind of love where you can go, oh, you just accept yourself as you are, and then you go and can love others. You just let yourself, you can get outside yourself and not worry about, what you look like, not worry about what others think of you. You just are free to love Jesus and love people. And, and I think that's, I think that's an actual, uh, that the, the fact that you, the way you said that, I, I really like that. 
if you are free to accept the love of God, then you can freely love other people, yes. all other people. Yes. And I mean a love, an agape love, a love from the heart. And I think if you are rejecting God's love, if you're pushing yourself away, if you're running away, if you're hiding from that, you can't truly love other people. No, you can't. You can pick people that you want to have be friends with. You can pick people that you want to associate with. You can pick a uh, an identification, a group, a clique, a, uh, a clan of some sort. But to truly love everyone, you have to be accepting love. Mm-hmm. And that love has to come from God. Because human love fails. Always. But God's love is consistent. It's the same every single day. It's the same all the way through your life. He loved you when you were born and you took your first breath. He loved you when he knit you together in the womb. Before you ever had eyes to open, God has loved you from the very first splitting of the very first cell. And he will love you for every breath you take on earth and beyond. And he does not want anyone to have to suffer because they don't feel loved because his love is available. Mm-hmm. And that, and that doesn't, that's not just a gender issue. That is, that is anyone on this earth needs to understand God loves you the way you are. Can I give a challenge? Yes. Because this is kind of, the challenge is for you who are listening, whether you're male or female, this world needs true men and true women. We don't need men, Mm -hmm. biological men who act like boys. And we don't need biological women who act like spoiled little girls. We need mature men and mature women to be in this world, to bring reason to this world, to bring love to this world. And these days it takes courage to be a real man and a real woman. But I, if, if you're listening, I beg you take that stand to be the mature person, the mature woman or the mature man God wants you to be and will help you be because this world needs you that way. And this all goes back to everything we talk about in every other topic that we've ever talked about. Seek God's will in your life. Mm -hmm. Listen to what he wants from you. Listen to what he would like you to do. Listen to the things from God and not from Satan. And quite frankly, the world is under his control. So the world speaking to you is going to be speaking to you from Satan. Don't listen to that. Get into God's word. See and, and pray and listen. Listen to what God is telling you. And when you do those things, you will be who you are meant to be. Yep. Well, we run longer than we've ever run before. I think. Well, we're, we're I could talk about this for hours. But I know we won't, we're running but... up on forty minutes, but we don't want to make these too long. So, um, thanks for listening. Hopefully, there's something that came out of this today. Uh, maybe you agree, and you just—it's it, nice to have someone else talk about the same sort of things. We're not experts on anything. No. We're just people. I'd say you're an expert on me. Better than anyone but Jesus. Well, I might be the resident expert on this planet. Yes, I am. (laughs) I know more about Jane than anybody else knows about Jane. And she's probably the resident expert on me. I don't Mm -hmm. think anybody, we know each other better than anybody else knows us on earth. But if this is, if this is something, hopefully this is something we're saying in love again. And we're saying because we care. That's why we're speaking. So. Just take it for what that is, okay? And take it into yourself and, and take everything you have to God. 
Mm-hmm. He's waiting for you. Right. He's he's waiting. Thanks for listening. God bless. And congratulations on our hundredth episode. Yes, and this was our hundredth episode, so here Woo-hoo! we go. Okay, bye.